Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Learn How to Swim or Drown. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and we are off to a start, finally. Before we begin tonight, make sure that you're taking good care of your wealth. This is a critical time for all of that, and we're getting some pretty crazy things going on in our world, and the folks at Birch Gold are here to help. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. And Patriot says, 989898, and you text BARDS, and you get that packet, and you will be on your way to new levels of success. All right, so I think we need to just kind of start the show with a reminder, and it's a good one, of about where the state of the world is. Here we go. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. baby the frogs are turning gay by the way speaking of false flags or whatever shame on everyone involved in the sandy hook trial parents and jones and lawyers and the whole thing this thing is despicable let it be put it to rest quit trying to get vengeance out because you lost a child and turned it out on somebody else and jones is like everything else he's getting caught in all sorts of traps so whatever not making a comment on either side it's just there's a drive for vengeance that's driving this, and there's, it's always been a drive about media, those two things. There's no question there's anomalies in Sandy Hook, and if the parents don't want to face them, then they're just fools, and you're going to live with that lie all your life. Go ahead. 
It's your choice. It's a path you walk. And Jones is not all right either. But it is the number one false flag because right now there is a very important issue going over on in Taiwan. So let's check in with Nancy Pelosi. Our earliest days of our founding of our country, Benjamin Franklin, our presidency, said freedom and democracy. Freedom and democracy and one thing, security here. If we don't have, we can't have either if we don't have both. So, security, economics, security, economy, and again, they're all, and governance, they're all related, and we want Taiwan to always have. And that's pushing us to nuclear war over that. (laughs) I just want to be clear that the world's at a nuclear standoff because of that. I'll tell you right now. We have gone insane. But if you're wondering how the Democrats are doing, here you go. This is from CNN. Where are we if we're looking through, if we want to call it, the Republican establishment versus the Trumpy candidates as we get deeper into the primary season? Who's winning? Uh, Well, so far, Trump's winning. Yeah, yeah, that would be where we are right now. So before you get all excited about a red wave, which is all going around, like everybody's like, we had a red wave. We didn't have a red wave. We definitely had big wins for America First candidates, and that's good. But let's put things in context. First of all, I'm still waiting for a candidate to give credit to where credit's due, which is God, because this isn't people doing this. This is God's leading this. And it would be nice to hear that for once. I'll do it. Thank you, Lord, for the, the wins that you're giving us to try to restore this nation back to its normal whatever that looks like, but we know that in the end it's going to be normal with you on the throne. So thank you. Amen. We'll say that, but no one else is doing it. And this is what's getting a little irritating to me because everybody wants to take credit. In the meantime, anything you consider a victory when you have to have all these people monitoring the election because we all know it's viciously corrupt and there's corruption in your face, that's no victory. And until we get rid of, I want to see what these candidates will actually do because this is easy when you're on the primary or you're on the campaign trail. The real issue is how are you going to handle things when you get up in D.C. and what's happening in D.C.? Well, you know, you've got corporate money. You've got the former three-letter agency people doing their normal thing, which is spinning lies, creating all sorts of blackmail trails. Come on. This thing, lobbyists, it's pressuring. People are going to be have to walk a path, and if they're not going to put God first in this campaign, don't expect them to put God first when they get in D.C. So don't get too excited. Be cautious until we fix the bigger problem, which is political corruption and a magnitude we have never imagined. And when you see this much effort going in to try to get people back in office, knowing that every single voting part in this country is corrupted that's not a victory we're in a battle there's no question about it and we and voting has had some effect but i'm still trying to figure out how they've managed to overrun the algorithms for dominion because that's a big one we don't control that you can vote all you want they can flip the vote and we've already seen that they're willing to flip the vote right in our face with trump in 2020 
and they're willing to flip the vote and they're willing to pack in ballots. They're doing the same thing. And my guess is all they're doing right now is they're appeasing people slightly with certain areas and they're monitoring very carefully what was working and what wasn't working because the biggest rig is yet to come. And it's going to be in your face. They don't care. They're going to do everything they can, including trying to spread this gay pox that's going around here right now to lock the country down to force mail-in mail voting. Because the one thing that's absolutely true is that all the mail-in votes were tilted towards the opponent. If you look at Arizona, you look towards Carrie Lake, all the mail-in votes were going against or for her opponent and not for her. That doesn't make any sense. But it does make sense, and we know that they're rigging it. Okay, so nothing's been solved yet, and we haven't even got to the best part of the clown show, but it's coming. Don't worry. This whole thing we're in right now is is literally a show of watching humanity walk off the cliff. And they're doing an amazing job. But they're also obscuring big things, big things that are happening all around us, like Vax death. Do you know there are thousands, tens of thousands of families who said, my aunt, my father, my cousin, my brother, my husband, or my wife took this shot and they're gone. Mm-hmm. See, you're going to sit here and you're going to keep playing with the people. You're going to keep getting on this tell live vision, tell live vision, tell live vision every damn day, making it seem as though there's nothing negative about these shots, making it seem as though these tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of families are just crazy until it blows up. Mm-hmm. It's not important or valuable until it's your life. It's not until it hits you. Right. It's personal. Yeah. Then you want to address it. But when it's my family, oh, well, it's just a 1,000. No. Just 5,000. But wait a minute. How many does it need to be in order for my family's life to matter? Right. Damn. Talk to the nurses, bro, right. Right. who are on the COVID floor, who watch the fact that they injected somebody with something and they go on the next week. Ooh. And they see it over and over. I keep injecting people with this and they keep dying. Hold on. There's something to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's something to it. All right. And you've got a criminal cabal that's been completely running the medical institutions. They don't want you to look here. There's two major things they don't want you to see right now. One is the financial collapse and reset. And the other is a number of people that they've injected with this death vaccine. That's absolutely wiping people out. People are either sick and constantly sick or getting sick again and again. They're lower in energy. They're weakened or they're just dying. And the number of people that have been lost is astronomical. And it's all being categorized as unknown death, unknown cause of death. This is not a joke, and they don't want you looking there. So they're going to create these, all these comedy shows going on around the world. Pelosi and her babbling foolishness over in Taiwan, putting the world at the brink of war, which we know there isn't really a brink of war going on over there. Okay, you can, I'm, going to have, I'm sure if I have a military strategist who's right in the pocket of every military-industrial complex fool... They're going to tell us that, oh, yes, we are. We're on the edge of war. Nuclear war, we're almost there. There's missiles locked and loaded. Yeah, I don't think so. This is another great show for us to watch, to be sitting there on the edge of our seat, wringing our hands while they do the greater damage of what they want to get done with the whole financial reset and obscuring one of the greatest crimes in history, which is to depopulate the planet with people that took the death shot. 
your iPhone in a digital form. It entails just about everything the government would like to know about you. And yesterday in the Dutch media, we saw a perfect example of what it could entail in the near future. We had the CEO of one of the largest Dutch banks say, why don't we start with a personal carbon credit? Oh. A carbon wallet, she called it, actually. Yeah. So right in line with the plans that the World Economic Forum people have for us. And she said it in a way that was particularly funny. She said, well, if everyone gets an individual personal carbon credit, why don't we make it so that rich people who, for example, want to go on holiday a little too often, uh -huh. can buy personal carbon credit from other people who, for example, can't afford buying plane tickets or eating meat too often so we can that way swap it out oh so so if if bill gates uh, or leonardo dicaprio's carbon footprint is getting a bit too big uh, then some peasant living in his hovel up country somewhere can sell his, uh, and he can't afford to go to Saint-Tropez, but he'll be able to sell his carbon allowance to Leonardo DiCaprio so Leonardo can park his yacht in Saint-Tropez for a couple of extra days. Exactly right. That's it. So what will happen is the, richer, the rich will get richer, the poor will get poorer, and they're saying it openly as if it's not a controversial yeah. thing at all. Yeah. It's neo-feudalism. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And they don't mind. You know, it's just, yeah, okay. Th then they said, well... And it's just a thought experiment because obviously a lot of people were kind of upset about this communist ideal that they just presented to the people on TV as a good idea. Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, wonderful. More carbon credits, more green garbage, more fake global warming stuff. But don't worry, patriots, because the FBI has, really, has managed to have a document that just happened to slip out for everyone to see. And you know what it says? It says they've identified the new and emerging threat for America. And they've defined it very, very well. They've defined it by this sort of symbolism that these evil doers use. Symbolism like the don't tread on me flag or the predator mask or a black flag or, oh, wait, even an American flag. Can you believe it? It has the original 13 colonies on it. And if you use a patriot symbol, you're also part of that. Or if you use a Praetorian symbol, you're also part of that. Now, they caution you because they don't want you to believe. They don't want everybody to jump to conclusions. But they have definitely categorized this in an unclassified document, which is militia violent extremism as the headline. But please read more carefully, they say. Don't just make a quick assumption, even though we have, they say. Our government is very aware that it is completely off the rails and corrupt. It is the enemy of the people. And they're counting on a mass of sheep that are going to walk off this cliff and take all of us down with them into the tyranny of hell. They're counting on obedience by the fools. We just need another round of mask obedience and another round of booster shots, and I think we'll be about there, according to them. And unfortunately, there's a large mass of people that have done just that. They've gone along with the game, and they don't want to think beyond the picture. They don't want to imagine that something actually could be wrong. I mean, let, let's face it. This is the world we are currently in. I'm very glad that none of these opinions are actually accepted in academia and haven't been for over 70 years. Synthes here on oh, well, Twitter. Okay, so the notion that they haven't been accepted for over 70 years is a bizarre one, considering they were accepted until about five minutes ago. And the basic idea that male and female do not exist runs counter to all mammalian biology, all of it, not just human. 
Are we to suggest that gender and, and sex are different in walruses? How does this work exactly? Like, uh, uh, are they different in bears? Anytime you have a, anytime you have, all mammalian reproduction is rooted in the idea that there's a sexual dichotomy between male and female. To obscure that with all sorts of semantic word games about how you feel subjectively has no bearing on whether male and female are categories that exist. And if you're trying to define male and female with reference to any subjective category that cannot be identified by any metric whatsoever other than how you feel today, I challenge whether that is scientific or whether that is merely a self-perception that is being guided by a political agenda. Whoa, right there. Not that that would ever happen, especially in our universities. Never would they be so politicized as to be weaponized against us, huh? The idea that gender is a choice? My goodness, what, a, what an amazing concept. It changes everything about us from the beginning. And these fools believe it. See, this is the problem that we're in right now, is that a, there is a, a mass group of people that truly have embedded themselves in this idea that everything is a choice. Now, this is a choice as long as it doesn't affect me. It's a choice as long as it doesn't get into my space. So I'm okay with you doing what you want to do. You can identify as a truck. Another person can identify as an ape. Really don't care. But please... Don't ask me for anything because if it gets into my space, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's not right. It affects me, and I, I can't emotionally handle that. But you can be whatever you want to be. This is the crazy world that they're developing. It's a complete religion of me, and it's as far, just about as far as you can get from God. And at the core of all of this shot stuff, of all of the people that took the vax, bad news for you. And I've said it before, but I'm going to say it harshly tonight. If you took the vax, you followed the religion of me because you didn't give a rip about worshiping God or putting God first in anything. You made a damn choice for your own fears. And in, the, in so doing, you absolutely corrupted an entire society. You gave fuel and, and fire to a tyranny which is now moving at high speed. Oh, we're going to win. Don't worry about that because... It's nothing compared to God's power, but it sure as heck didn't make our life easier because the weakness of complying to fear or selfishness of your own choice, not considering the consequences of anything other than what's before your nose and what CNN was telling you, you were complicit in cultural ignorance, which in my world treads on in a republic, a representative republic, that's close to treason. And that's where we have arrived right now. So many people have accepted that path, and the consequences are severe. Who's carrying the burden for this, by the way? Because it's not the vaxxed. They're out here taking Plaxovid. They're out here getting their booster, whatever they need to do. They're out here meandering along, don't want to think too much. Oh, my goodness, I have to worry now because if I have a cold shower, I might get a heart attack. And remember, don't go to Germany because if you go to Germany, cold showers are now required because the Green New Deal kind of blew up in their face, and they don't have any energy to run their country. But this is the world we live in, and it's a, and they've shelled up. And they don't want to look around. They don't want to take accountability as long as everyone else can kind of cover for them. So what's happening in ERs across this company, country? What's happening at workplaces across this country? Those that took the shot are getting sick again. wonder why that's happening. Maybe like your immune system was destroyed, which is what the mRNA, the nanotech, the DARPA hydrogel did within you. And all that graphene oxide that's been growing inside. 
and we've got all these thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that are vax injured. Nobody wants to say a thing. No politician says a thing. Whoop, mum on that. Can't speak about it on TV. Mum about that. We can talk about the elections. We can talk about the great red wave. But please don't mention the injection because we might offend somebody or worse yet, the masters of the universe that run out of Pfizer and Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, all of those are going to put their foot down and say, you know what? I'm sorry. We're going to have to send out a black team and we're going to kill you because you can't tell people the truth. Well, numbers don't lie. And after a time, as people start to count the body counts of them, their neighbors, their other, other neighbors, and people start to realize that family members are no longer the same. At some point, the brain actually starts engaging. And it begins to put two and two together because somewhere there's an innate capability within the human body and the human mind that can't get destroyed completely, though they get close and people willfully give it up. And we just, we are approaching that point. And that's the point where, oh, I guess we're going to have to see that as the awakening. We have tried everything we can to wake people up, but this is the problem is those that didn't wake up think that they're cool, think that they're, everything's good. Don't worry about food shortages because it'll, the supply will eventually catch up. Don't worry about fuel costs because, oh, that's all right. My goodness, we have to go through a difficult time right now because we're doing a great transition. We're moving to a green, green, green battery-powered thing. You know, batteries make energy, right? <laughs> Another product of the university education system. I'll tell you. It never ceases to get better. But, Im- but immigration seems to be an issue. And New York's learning a lesson. You see, the liberals have these imaginary ideas of what things right. It's always good for thee, not for me, until it strikes home. The mayor of New York is very, very upset. <laughs> mayor of New York City is big lib. He supports illegal immigration. New York's big sanctuary city. They're all fine with that. But now the mayor of New York is very, very upset because the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, is shipping all the illegal aliens that the libs in New York and elsewhere are encouraging to flood across the border to New York City. And the New Yorkers don't like that. This is a real burden on New Yorkers as we're trying to do the right thing. Uh, We already, as I stated, we already have an overburdened shelter system. So now we're talking about, as you stated, food, clothing, school. This is going to impact our, uh, our schools because we do not turn away individuals because they're undocumented. Uh, translation services. There's just a whole host of things that this is going to produce. And that's why we need, we need help in getting this done. And we need the right coordination to make it happen. It's just a big burden and it's unfair to ask New Yorkers to bear that burden. Well, hold on. I thought, I thought migration was our strength. I thought all this diversity was our strength, and it's really, really great, and it makes America so much stronger. So how come you don't want it in your backyard, Mayor Adams? How come you don't want it, New Yorkers? What, it's a strength for Texas and Arizona, and it's a strength for all those red states where they're going to see the the electoral demographics changing, but it's not a strength for New York? What do you mean? It's putting a burden on the system? But no, I, I was told that the migrants who are coming over don't need any additional resources. They aren't putting any burden on the criminal justice system or on the welfare system. And no, they're not. They're a net positive in every way for society. No, you're telling me there are costs to this. You just want to impose those costs on the red states and on the other people down south and Texas and everywhere else. You support illegal mass migration as long as it's not in your backyard. Okay, now it's it's starting to make sense to me. It always makes sense. Even Tool 
If you don't know Tool, you got to know Tool. Even Tool figured it out quite a while ago. Tool's got it understood. got to flush it all away because it's not working the way it is. I'm telling you, Maynard's a poet and a visionary, by the way. I'm telling you right now, he understands exactly what this trash is that we're dealing with, and he sings about it well. But we are in a place of rules for the not for me, just like this sheriff here. Good afternoon. I'm Officer Henry with the West Police Department. We're going to stop today because I clocked you 37 or 25. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. Can I get your driver's license real quick, Mr. Bryant? Hmm. You really want my driver's license? I just want to look at it. Huh? I said, I just I'm want the sheriff. I'm All not right. giving you my license. I'm the sheriff. Okay. Okay? I'm not giving you my driver's license. Okay. Okay? All righty. All right? I appreciate you. Put that top for me real quick. you realize I'm the sheriff of this county? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm the sheriff of this county. All right? Okay. You pulled me over. You've made your contact. You okay. want to write me a ticket? I mean, I wasn't going to. I was just going to make sure you, you had your driver's ticket? license on you. I got my driver's license. I was just wanting. To, I was just asking to look at it, and then I was going to send you on about your day. Okay. That's all I was doing. There's my driver's license. Okay. okay. There's my commission card. Okay. 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 Have a good day. Though the video speaks for itself, if you still don't believe there's a set of rules for you, and a separate set of rules for them. The next time you're pulled over, you try refusing to hand over your information. I'm the sheriff. I'm All not right. giving you my license. I'm the sheriff. You realize I'm the sheriff of this county? I'm the sheriff of this county. It seemed to have worked for Sheriff Chris Bryant. Why wouldn't it work for you? Of course. That's exactly where I'm going to do next time. Officer's going to pull me over. Can I see your driver's license? Do you know who I am? No. I'm... I'm the voice of Bards FM. I'm not giving you my license. I'm sure that's going to go real well. I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation about that. Rules for thee, not for me, obviously. And it's all over the place. I don't know if you've been tracking. Now, remember, we've got the babbling idiot, Nancy Pelosi, sitting over in Taiwan <laughs> as she's drunk and can hardly speak, bringing our world to the state of a nuclear war, probably yet another stunt to keep our eyes off yet another case of duplicity with her husband. Major breaking developments in the Paul Pelosi DUI case. Just hours before tomorrow's hearing, Primetime has received a series of significant leaks from Napa County officials that paint an entirely different picture than what we've been told happened that night. And we were right. There were a series of injuries involved. Serious ones. Both cars were totaled. There were drugs involved, not just alcohol. And Paul did hand cop something that wasn't his driver's license. And just today, on the eve of the hearing, the judge has been replaced. 
in a blatantly corrupt move. Wait until you hear about this new judge. Let's go through this step by step. Remember they refused to hand over the mugshot and the body cam footage? Well, we know why. Court documents now show Papa Pauly P was absolutely plastered. And that, quote, his eyes appeared red and watery. He was unsteady on his feet. His speech was slurred. And he had a strong odor of alcoholic beverage emanating from his breath. But it wasn't just a little Chardonnay Paulie was sipping on that night. The report goes on to say that Pelosi was under the influence of an alcoholic beverage and a drug. And he failed several field sobriety tests miserably. This report has shed some light onto the injuries of the victim as well. These injuries were much more severe than we were told. Originally, they said there were no injuries. And then it was, oh, no, you know, these injuries aren't that serious. Well, the victim has reported the day after the collision, quote, pain to his upper right arm, right shoulder and neck. It was also difficult to lift things with his right arm. And he was suffering from headaches and from fatigue. And is being treated by a physician. Remember, District Attorney Allison Haley. Hey, Allie. Her entire justification for charging Pauly with a misdemeanor instead of a felony is that the injuries she said were not serious. Now we know they are serious. Primetime sort of sarcastically speculated that Pauly P. Remember, tried to bribe law enforcement with like cash or whatever after the crash. But we weren't that far off. When asked to hand over his driver's license, instead, Papa Pauly P. fumbled around and then handed them a donor card (laughs) specifically for the California Highway Patrol. In other words, implying, hey, guys, I'm a donor and I can be an even bigger donor if we can, you know, work this out. Was Pelosi so drunk he thought the donor card was his driver's license or was he trying to grease the cops? We don't know. And just so you know, this California Highway Fund accepts donations in stocks. Seriously. Which is a coincidence because Paul has a few shares he's trying to unload. The timing's actually perfect for tax purposes, of course. Now, this is the type of information we'd expect to learn in the defendant's court hearing. But you will not hear any of this tomorrow. Why? They have banned all cameras from the courtroom. And they've prohibited recordings of the live feed that goes out. But that's just where the cover-up begins. Are you ready? Because what also happened today, the night before the hearing, the presiding judge has mysteriously stepped down. And a new judge has been quickly installed. So who's this new judge? You're not going to believe this. Her name is Monique Langhorn, And she's a registered Democrat whose previous job, are you ready? She used to work for the Napa County DA's office. Does Judge Langhorn have any experience in criminal cases? No, this would be her first. <laughs> and it gets better. Guess who donated to this judge's campaign? The assistant DA who's going to be prosecuting the case tomorrow. And, and our friend Allie, the DA, Allison Haley. Hey, Allie. <laughs> what? She's very well connected. She was appointed to a special advisory board by Gavin Newsom, too. So, I mean, this this is totally deck stacking, if I've ever seen it. 
How can we expect a fair trial here when the judge and the prosecutors are all politically on the same side as the defendant, financially connected? There's a family connection we've told you about, too. Can you say rigged? Look, we get it. Paul's married to a California bigwig. He and Nancy are Golden State royalty. But they shouldn't get a free pass. No, they should not. And this is our entire system now. And we can see it everywhere. So that is a gift. By all means, that's a gift. Eyes to see. And nothing that was hidden will remain in darkness. It will come out and we will see it all as we are seeing now. But patriots, as I say so many times, the idea that somehow a few elections are going to solve this problem, these are people that are outside the reach of the election process. They're even outside the reach of Congress. I've been reading so much in the Patriot side about, wow, we're going to win it in November and then we're going to get a new Congress and they're going to start investigations. Start investigations? What's Durham been doing? I mean, seriously, like what has been going on? And we keep hearing these things going on and on and the hope is amazing. But let's get reasonable about what we're looking at here. This insurgency has been building over about 60 years. Started in the 60s. It's been building since they blew Kennedy's head off is when they really put their foot into it and and went full speed, pedal to the metal. And they've been doing everything they can to corrupt every layer of the system. And as they managed to move in with taxation, change the dollar over to a petrodollar, deflate its buying power, manipulate oil, manipulate everything, create wars constantly across the world so we're constantly distracted always concerned about the well-being of our nation for the great fears of the boogeyman that they themselves were creating. I really wonder sometimes how much terrorism even existed because I don't really think there's much out there that has the, the courage to come here to this country except that the CIA has been doing it for us. Don't worry about that. And we've been paying for it. That's the best part. We're already walking off that abyss. And the question is again and again, what are we going to do about it? And these answers aren't easy, but they're going to start taking some hard line positions that we have to decide to take as a nation. Because if we're going to keep funding them, if we're going to keep accepting their rules, if you're going to keep kowtowing down to the fear of the FBI, which is a completely corrupted and aborted organization, it needs to go away, along with almost every other three-letter agency. And even those that are in it are hesitant to say, well, you know, maybe maybe we should reconsider the Patriot Act. No, maybe we should get rid of it. Maybe we need to start over. Those 120,000 soldiers that didn't take the vax, that's where I would begin to rebuild the military. And those 40 or 60,000 reservists, that's where I'd begin to rebuild the military. They have stones. Those teachers that are groomers, I'd put you in a labor camp to make big rocks into small rocks for the rest of your life. The Pelosi's and the Schumer's and all these things that have gamed the system, sold our trade secrets. I don't know that China's ever as big an enemy as they want us to believe because China didn't get the secrets unless our people gave it to them. And our people gave them the back doors into our computer systems. Our people betrayed this dream. And the question is, what is it worth? Because I know what this country should be. I know what I put myself in service for. But I didn't do it for these fools. And I have no allegiance, none, to a flag that's tied to a corporate USA. 
and I have no allegiance to a voting system that I know absolutely is broken and corrupted, when we're out here trying to wave the flag going, we're going to fix it, we're going to fix it, show me substantive change. Because the moral fabric and the moral foundation of this nation is absolutely gone. It's messed up. And we have to start getting back to that. The worst part about living in America today? Uh, the loss of our moral base. Yeah, and, what's, and what morals? I'm a Christian. This country was founded on Christian principles. So you're and saying a lot of people aren't religious nowadays? It's nothing to do with religion. It has to do with what you believe about Christianity. I'm a, I believe in Jesus Christ and that he died for my sins. Absolutely, right there. Right there. And when we get back to that and that hardcore line, I don't care if they call us fanatical. I'll take it. Because it's the only way forward for us as a nation to reset this. Look, someone wants to have their crazy sexuality, keep it in the bedroom. I don't want to know about it. But you want to bring it into the public square, you're going to be judged by the laws of God. It's that simple. And this country right now is off the rails with this. We have to reset this back to God's land. I think Terrence Williams probably has summed up more of the lunacy in three minutes than most people have lately. Take a listen to this. Give me a moment. So, um, I went to the bank today and, um, they didn't, um, respect my new identity. You know, I'm a white man. I identify as a white man. You know, when I woke up this morning, I decided to change my identity and um, everybody else get to, you know, it worked for every, it worked for everybody else. And so I changed my identity this morning to a white man, 40 year old white man. Okay. Uh, with good credit, with a credit score of 800 and uh, a partner at a law firm. I never, I never really went to law school, but I identify as a lawyer. Um, and uh, I was trying to get a loan from the bank for a million dollars and told them, you know, my net worth was my, I, my net, I identify as a wealthy white man. And the bank told me that I falsified my documents. How can you say I falsified my documents when that's what I identify as, as a white man? I've been... I decided I've been white all my life. Like, I'm really not that black. If you look at me, you like, I'm not that black, right? You know, I'm all like, and um, and then they said my credit score was 599. No, it's not. My, I, my credit score is 800, okay? Because that's part of my identity. Good credit is part of my identity. And, I just don't think it's fair that everybody else get to change their identity and then I can't even get away with it. The bank won't give me a loan. I identify as a lawyer. I went to the law firm, you know, and they told me to get out. Like I identify as a partner of this law firm. You are, you are not going to tell me to leave. And I was escorted out and, um, 
I, I just, I, I'm, I'm gonna just go back to being black because being a white man is so hard. I couldn't get a loan. I couldn't, they kicked me out my law firm that I, I identified as a partner there. I couldn't even be there. So I'm going to just, you know, go back to being black, you know. Yeah, I'm going to just go back to being black because this really didn't work out for me. <laughs> I love Terrence Williams. He is such a MAGA good one, I'll tell you right now. And he nails it. This is the lunacy that we live in. This is the brain damage that we have of an entire generation that believes they can identify as anything under the sun. You cannot have a country. You cannot have a nation when you have plurality in every bit of truth. And that was by design. That's what they did at the university. They started in the 60s. All part of this deconstructionism. Derrida, the Frankfurt School. For, from there, they moved forward. And they kept moving step by step. History is fiction. Hayden White, that came from University of Santa, Santa Cruz or Santa Barbara. And then we get into the postmodern era, which is everything is a division, is a subject to discussion about what truth is. Then we get into post-postmodernism, which I don't even know what the hell that was, other than a nightmare that somebody created after they took too much LSD. And now we're at this point that anything is everything as long as it doesn't affect me. This is the ultimate in the me stupidity generation. And as a nation, we have to put our foot down and be solid about it. Because a republic cannot exist without truth. A republic cannot exist where everything is a debate of what is or isn't according to a person's own perception. These are emotional nonsense positions. I wish these people would have listened and believed what they were told by the defector from the KGB. At the end of the day, all of these fools are the ones that will be removed the first anyway. And unfortunately, and I'd say this truly, because I think there's some really good people here. I think they're misguided, brainwashed. They're locked into a cult. But here's the darkest part of all of this. The medical system, the media, the government has all lied about this vax. We've got two major events going, and everything else is a karaoke theater for us to keep our eyes away from the two major events that are happening before us. One is the financial reset, because the dollar is done. Once Russia pivoted to gold, and they put the ruble on a gold standard, China and Russia last weekend set up a deal to set up the new reserve currency. It's all based on gold. It's a version of what they call an SDR, but it's an, it is an asset-based SDR, which is a basket of currencies. They're now leading the way as the dollar, the Federal Reserve notes, dies into the ocean. And it will. It'll incinerate into a glorious fall. And we're seeing this all over. It's not a question of if, it's a question of how fast. And it's happening faster and faster. Families are desperate right now, trying to buy food. They're at that dollar store, which has gone, remember, the dollar store. Increased its cost 25% in one day. Doesn't sound like much. Every single item went from $1 to $1.25 in one night. You think that's not going to happen in every store around this country? It's already happening quietly. Families are having to choose between food and rent and fuel. Our nation is literally imploding, and they're doing it by design. 
I'm not hearing any politicians speak of food shortages. I'm not hearing politicians talking about communities coming together, start growing food, start getting together and banding together and preparing for a very difficult time. No one's talking about it because it's not part of the game that wins. Because no one wants to talk about the dark stuff. And it's here. And it's a very deadly and dangerous time for our nation. We have arrived at a point of ultimate moral bankruptcy. And we've got to get it back. It's not a question of if we can win. It's a matter of how we win and how aggressively we fight. You can't allow ATF agents to come walking into your door. You can't tolerate local police that are going to tell you they're going to enforce red flag laws. You can't tolerate FBI doing their raids and have the rest of the neighbors sit around with their thumb up their butt as they watch somebody get and go, oh, I bet he was bad. We have to get past that assumption that everyone else is guilty simply because somebody comes up and flashes a badge and says you're under arrest. We need to be standing together, trusting in our fellow citizens. And you know what? So what if somebody makes a mistake in in this criminal system? Everybody makes a mistake. We need to start standing with our brethren across this country. What is it going to be like when an FBI comes to do a raid and instead of knocking on the door, they're greeted with 100 neighbors surrounding them armed and saying, that's enough, get the hell out of our neighborhood. The federal has no authority, but they're taking it. And the federal knows that it is on its end of days. So it's going to become what? More tyrannical because that's what every tyranny does. This is a very real time. It's going to take a tremendous amount of work to come together. And we do that work by building in our relationships, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. And we're going to have to be there to help build those bridges because those built bridges of trust have been incinerated by media. Have they been incinerated by this division that they've put into people's hearts? And the other big thing besides the financial reset that's going on here, it's the mass death and die-off that's happening. People don't want to see it. Hospitals are obscuring it. They're not reporting the deaths as they are. These are criminal cabals. And in the end, we have to commit ourselves to an absolute justice. That means whether you are the kindergarten teacher that decided to help get a child to vax, whether you are a second grade teacher that thought it was a good idea to talk about grooming kids, or whether you're a doctor in a hospital, well-established with a long list of great accomplishments in your career that pushed people to get this injection, and whatever other criminality that goes on up that chain, you have to pay a price. There cannot be justice for thee and not justice for me. It's a one-tier system, not two. And the way we're going to get there is us being insistent and holding that straight line in our faith and our rock of faith with God. We cannot deviate. And we cannot relent. This fight is very real. It's getting very personal. And they're coming after everybody Because they have the media and they can get inside people's head. I don't know if there is a plan other than God's plan. I don't know what that circus is, but this is what I know. This idea that people need to keep suffering to wake up, here's my bottom line. That's bullshit. What we need to do is turn that table. This idea that people need to suffer, how about if we try this? People need to come together and learn what being loving our neighbor is like try that one 
because they want people to suffer. I don't. And it hurts that we have to watch people not listen to truth. So find another way. Sometimes we have to step back from talking of the truth and we have to extend a different type of hand. Maybe that's sharing something from your garden. Maybe that's sharing seeds. Maybe that's sharing some bread and some cookies. Look, it doesn't solve the problem, but it does one thing. It starts to build a small little bridge of trust. And we start to bridge the difference, get proud of the differences that they created to start showing us that we can trust one another. We cannot fix the damage that they accepted in their body. But we can heal the trust. And we have to because the enemy is not them. They made a dumb mistake, a bad one. And it's caused a lot of ancillary and second and third order effects that we're all dealing with. And the unvaxxed are having to walk around and carrying a lot of burden right now. But you know what? That's part of our walk with God. Jesus didn't carry that cross and knew that and he knew it wasn't going to be easy for us. And that's where we are. So let's buck it up and accept the walk. But at the end of the day, it's going to be on the remnant to heal the nation, not the remnant to judge the nation. And justice must be delivered to a nation on an equal footing. And everyone that was complicit in this crime against humanity must be put in form through a formal sense of justice. Not this karaoke theater that we keep watching, but the real justice that has accountability for their actions. Because as a nation, we must relearn some very, very basic principles. Accountability for our actions and an understanding that without a moral foundation, we go nowhere. We end up right where we're at. And just so I say it, if you're a pastor listening and you closed your church or you pushed a vax on your people, you better start running and find a place to hide because people are going to come for you. And rightfully so, because you're not immune. You betrayed God and you betrayed the word and trust of your own flock. And you will face justice. Because the number one place we trusted that we should have never had violation was the pulpit. And that's something we must never forget. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you just very humbled tonight with the complexities of the fight that sit before us, but we know one thing's true. This is a walk in our love in you and our solidness on faith. We're challenged emotionally, there's no doubt about it, and we're, that's part of us being human. And it is frustrating, Lord, that we have to face so many that so willfully took this injection, so many that have willfully walked into this matrix and accepted these lies as truth and rejected you. But Lord, now we ask for your mercy and we ask for your wisdom. We ask for a mercy on all of us because every one of us has stubbed our toe, fallen, tripped, smashed our nose into the concrete at one point or another. But we also ask for your wisdom because now we have to find new and innovative ways to bridge these differences. We cannot have a nation divided. And as a remnant, we don't seek the division. And maybe they won't accept Christ, at least not right away. And maybe they don't want to talk about God or you, Lord. And maybe they don't want to talk about the truths. But we know that there's a way to their heart because you have a way to everyone's heart. So, Lord, we just pray that you can give us that wisdom and the encounters that will be before us, that we can hear your guidance, and that in each encounter, 
we can find a way to just open that door to build a bridge to treat our neighbor with love. Guide us in these times. Protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. The biggest challenge is with us. Never will so few be asked by so many. We are here. And we are in a place where the many are going to need what we have, which is strength and fearlessness. And it's not an easy walk to go from where you are to where we are. But we can do that. And I believe that's truly part of the mission that we're put here for. It's a different type of fight. It's a tough one. It doesn't get the headlines. And it doesn't get the action scenes in Hollywood. But it sure does change a world in a fantastic way. And it's something to be proud of in all that we do. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But keep your prayers up. We need to be listening to everything he puts before us. And we need to be trusting in that path he lays ahead of us. In the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. This is war. We are in war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Keep that mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space.
We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 